Love and appreciate him. Let's give him a good Ben Bell welcome to this pulpit tonight. God bless you. And I wonder, could you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise all across the house? Amen. Would you lift your voice? Would you hand clap? Just come on. Would you lift your voice like a trumpet? God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for your kindness, for your mercy. God, there's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, you lift your voice and give him some glory. Come on, he deserves all of our praise. Amen. He deserves all of our thanksgiving. He's a wonderful Savior. He's a mighty good God. There's nobody like Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I said, is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? There'd be no place I'd rather be than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm believing God for great things in this house tonight. Anybody else come expecting great things in the house of the Lord? Amen. You know, amen, we could, we could have our eyes set and just uh, on something low and just say, well, we, we made it. Amen. We sung a few songs. We got through service. Amen. Now we're headed back to the house or we could set our sights on heaven, on God, on what he wants to do, on the way he wants to move and work in our lives. And we can leave here knowing that I have been forever changed, forever touched in the presence of God, and my life will never be the same again. I don't believe that it's God's will for you or for me to leave here tonight the same way that we came, but I believe it's God's will for us to plug into his presence, plug into his will, plug into what he's doing, and to say, God, I will not leave until I know I have been touched by your power and by your goodness and your mercy. I will not be satisfied, God, until I drink of that heavenly fountain that gives me strength and joy in my heart and in my mind. Amen, amen. I don't know about you, amen, but I truly am thankful for every opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 28, beginning with verse number 1. Amen. Uh, last night as I uh, was praying and seeking the the will of the Lord for this service tonight. The Lord began to deal with me, amen, on these uh, verses, amen, and I just want to do my best to obey the Holy Ghost tonight, amen. How many wants the Lord to have his way? Amen. Give honor to Pastor Moore and Sister Moore, amen. Don't take it for granted or lightly to be here, amen, but um, I appreciate the confidence that's been placed in me and my family, amen, these um, past several weeks that we've been here, and I'm just believing that God is going to continue to work, and that God is going to continue to move. Amen? Amen. Acts 28, verse number 1, says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the bar barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. I mean, isn't it easy to jump to conclusions sometimes? <laughs> And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Amen. Paul finds himself 
surviving a shipwreck, cast up on a strange island, and there the snake comes out of the heat of the, uh, where the fire is as he's putting wood thereon and fastens onto his hand so much that he has to shake the viper loose from his hand and back down, not back into the heat, but into the fire and so triumphing over the beast, and everybody's looking and coming to their own conclusions. But can I tell you, God is able to do anything. God is able to confound the wise with the simplest little things. Amen. I wonder, would you lay your Bible down tonight? Would you lift your hands with me all across the house of the Lord? Amen. Would you pray specifically for the Lord to minister to you tonight? I wonder, would you open up your heart, open up your mind, say, Lord, I long to hear from you. I want your word to penetrate my heart. God, I need you. I'm in, I stand in need of you, Lord. God, Lord, right now I come before you. God, I pray that you would empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions. God, I pray that you would fill me with your holy anointing. God, I pray that, God, that you would move and work in this house. God, bind up the broken heart and set every captive soul free. God, let your anointing destroy every yoke of bondage. God, I pray, God, that your anointing will lift the heavy burden off the shoulders of your people tonight. God, let somebody leave here tonight full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptized by your fire, baptized by your holy anointing and by your presence. God, leaving never the same again. God, knowing that they have been in your presence, God. Lord, God, I pray, God, that you would change the way that we walk, change the way that we talk, God. Change the way that we conduct ourselves by your mighty power, God. Let it get a hold of our hearts, God. Lord, I admit my dependence upon you, God. I pray that you'd use me as a tool, as an instrument in the palm of your hand. Empty me of myself and fill me with your holy anointing, God. Lord, and if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Jesus, let it be said that it was because of your anointing. Could you clap your hands together one more time. I wonder if somebody once again shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, how many knows he's good tonight? I said, how many knows he's good tonight in this house, Lord? Uh, oh, God, we pray that you would work in this house, God. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would have your way right now, God, uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want to talk to you with what the Lord has laid on my heart tonight. Amen. Storms, snakes, and success. Amen. Storms, snakes, and success. Amen. Paul is on his way to Rome, and, and Paul isn't just aimlessly uh, headed to Rome, but he has been impressed on by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, uh, by God himself to go to Rome, and there uh, he is going to stand before Caesar, and there he's going to give his story and his testimony of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and the gospel uh, of God Almighty himself, the death, the burial, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and here are those that have Paul captive on this Roman ship. They're bringing him. That is their intentions to make their way to Rome. And, and as they light out, they find that they uh, enter into a storm. And it looks like all hope is lost. And it looks like uh, uh, everything is going to be torn apart and ripped to shreds uh, with nothing left and with nobody surviving. They do their best within their human abilities to fight against the storm. Uh, 
Uh, they do the best with the training that they've had to, to try to lighten the ship and to try to, uh, uh, to try to combat against this storm the best way that they know how, but yet still uh, the storm and the waves are prevailing against them. Uh, in Acts chapter 27, verse 20, it says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, uh, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope uh, that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me, how be it we must be cast upon a certain island. Here Paul is standing forth in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the chaos, and he said, I want to let you know I know what it looks like. I know that it looks bad, but God has let me know that everything is going to be all right. Now this isn't, isn't just something that I've dreamed up. This isn't just something that I thought would be good to say. But Paul said, I want to let you know the angel of the Lord stood beside me. The angel of the God that I serve. The angel of the God that I belong to. He is mine and I am his. He has told me to be of good cheer. And so I say to you, be of good cheer. For God is going to work and move in our lives. And God is going to keep us. And God is going to protect us. We might lose the ship, but God said we'll keep our lives and he's going to save us by his mighty hand and by his mighty power. I wonder if I could tell somebody here tonight in the house of the Lord, I know the storm looks bad and I know it seems like life isn't going the way that you had it planned out to go and it looks like all hope is lost. There's been no sun, there's been no moon, there's been no stars, there's been no light at all, but in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your situation, there is a God that is saying, be of good cheer. I've got you in the palm of my hand. I've got you right where I want you. You might not understand where you're headed. You might not understand where you're going, but I've got my hand on your life. I've got my hand in the middle of this trial, in the middle of this storm. Hallelujah. So I want you to know that because God has given me some good news, I want to give you some good news. Be of good cheer. God's working it all out. But he's got something else in mind. Something we didn't plan on. Something we didn't take consideration of. Something that uh, when we were mapping out our plan and our course. Something that we didn't think about. God has let me know that there's an island that he's going to put us on. Oh, and can I tell you that sometimes uh, uh, storms may try to throw you off course. But God can navigate you exactly where you need to be. 
situations in life might try to cause you to slump down in depression and fear and anxiety, but God can step in and navigate you in the middle of that storm right where he desires for you to be and right where he needs for you to be. Can I tell you, our God is an awesome God. He knows how to plan and he knows how to orchestrate. You might say, what is this storm doing in my life? I'll never make it. I'll never survive. But God said, if you'll just hold on, I'm bringing you where I want you to be. I've got to work for you for your life. I've got to work not only in you, but, but I've got to work for you to do. I don't only want to save you, but I want to use you to touch somebody else around you. I don't only want to put my light in you, but I want to make you a light to shine in this dark world. I've got my hand on you, and the storm will not destroy you. The storm will not defeat you, but I'm going to use it to get you where I want you. And there, oh, it looks bad on the ship as it begins to tear the ship apart. But there they see the land, the island. They, they're so disoriented, they don't even know where they are at the moment. All they know is here is an island. And we got to do our best to try to get there. And, and they jump from the ship and one by one they make their way to shore. Those that could swim, swam to shore. And those that could not held on to a broken piece of ship. And they came in upon the island. And there the barbarians shook and they built a fire because of the rain and because it was cold. And there uh, Paul began to, uh, to uh, gather up sticks and he began to bring those bundles to the fire and place those bundles of wood on the fire as he's trying to build a fire not only to warm himself but to warm those that are around him and the snake as it begins to feel the heat begins to come alive and begins to feel some animosity toward Paul as he's standing there and he strikes out at Paul and latches on to his hand and Paul there as everybody looks on they're waiting and with amazement and saying hey this man must have been some type of murderer or some type of evil man that even though he escaped the sea, vengeance is going to take care of him and vengeance is going to destroy him. But Brother Paul just stood there above the flames and he took that serpent and held him over the fire and shook him back off. He didn't put him back in the heat, but this time he put him in the fire to take care of that beast once and for all. Can I tell you tonight, in the house of the Lord we don't want to just play around in a little bit of smoke but we want the fire of God to burn so bright in our life that when the devil rears up his ugly nasty head we can shake him off in the fire and say if you thought the heat was bad try playing in the fire because I've got the Holy Ghost burning on the inside of me and it makes me an overcomer it makes me victorious it gives me strength and it gives me the ability to shake my adversary off. I don't have to let you hold on to me. I don't have to let you pull me down. But in Jesus' name, I can shake you off. The devil doesn't like it when we get a fire burning. And that's when he starts fighting the hardest. 
Amen. When you're bringing the wood to the fire, Pastor Moore, and you're putting the wood on the fire, amen, that's when that, that old devil, that, that serpent begins to get stirred up. He starts getting uncomfortable. You see, as long as you're content to just stand around and not build a fire, the devil's okay with that. And as long as you're content with just showing up and going through the motions, Satan is okay with that. Oh, but when you begin to gather up some wood and somebody sparks up the Holy Ghost power and you begin to add some wood to the flames and you begin to build up a fire, that devil knows I got to do whatever I can to cause this unity. I got to do whatever I can to put my nasty head in there and try to cause confusion and division. But by the power of the Holy Ghost, somebody needs to let that lying devil know what you tried to do against me. I'm going to shake you off. I'm going to let you know, hey, I don't have to listen to your lies. I don't have to listen to your rumors. I don't have to listen to your gossip. But I'm going to put you in the fire. I'm going to burn you up by the Holy Ghost power that's burning on the inside of me. I didn't come to just sit around and spectate but I came to bring some wood and put it on the fire and let the devil know you might as well show yourself so I can go ahead and stomp on you. You might as well raise up your head so I can shake you off in the fire so I can move beyond this and have Holy Ghost Church and have a move of God in my life. Matthew chapter 3 and 11. Says I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Does anybody have that fire burning on the inside of you tonight? Does anybody have that flame burning on the inside of you that says, hey, I've got a weapon when the adversary thinks he's going to do something against me. I've got a fire burning on the inside of me. Hey, he might think it's getting hot a little bit. Oh, we'll just wait. I'm going to keep putting some wood on the fire because I want a fire big enough that I can shake the devil off in. I want a fire big enough that when I shake him loose, he's not going to land beside the fire. He's not going to land on the other side of the fire. But I want it so big that he's going to land in that fire. I want it so bright that the world can look on and see, hey, it looked like the devil had him there for a minute, but he just shook it off. He just shook it off. Hey, he got up and did that funny little dance that he likes to do. Hey, she got up and ran the aisles like she likes to do when the power of God gets to moving. And I tell you, you've got to rise up and let the devil know you're not going to milk me. You're not going to drain me down. You're not going to paralyze me with your poison. You're not going to drag me down. But I'm shaking you off in my Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No. There's different types. Of snakes. Amen. I know I'm probably making Brother Moore uncomfortable. Amen. I thought about bringing one. Not a real one. But I said that would probably be the last. I said, that thought didn't last long, brother. I said, I said, this probably be the last night on Sunday night. Hallelujah. Pay him off and run him off. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I left the snake at the dollar store. Amen. So, <laughs> but there's, there's some snakes that the way they take care of their prey is by injecting them with that venom. 
And wait, that prey isn't long before that prey is paralyzed. And they don't, they're, they're no longer able to fight and to put up a defense. And the snake can swallow them down and take care of them that way. But then there's other snakes. They may not be poisonous or venomous, but they're, they're big enough and long enough and thick enough and strong enough that, that they've learned how to, how to wrap around their prey. And there they begin to squeeze and put the pressure on their victim. And they begin to suffocate their prey. And, and it begins to suck the, the air out of them as that weight is heavy on their chest. And it presses in upon the organs. And it gets hard for them to function. And hard for them to operate until finally all the life is suffocated and smothered out of them. And then they begin to take on their prey. Then they begin to swallow their prey. Once they have got it to where it's no longer a threat to them. And it's no longer able to fight back. Because all of it, all the life has been squeezed out of them. But can I tell you here in the house of the Lord tonight if your adversary cannot inject you with venom to try to paralyze you he'll try to strangle you he'll try to suffocate you he'll try to cause you to live in such a way where you're worried about every move that you're going to make and you're worried about tomorrow and you're worried about the light bill and you're worried about how you're going to pay the rent and how you're going to pay the mortgage and how you're going to take care of your children and where they're going to go to college at and all these things he'll try to suffocate you He'll try to wear you down from day to day. He'll try to put you in a position where all you can do is think about, hey, maybe I should have done it this way. Or maybe I should have done it that way. Or maybe I should have maybe I should have thought about this a little more. But can I tell you, it's not God's will for the adversary to suffocate you. It's not God's will for him to squeeze on you until you can't breathe anymore. But it's God's will to liberate you. It's God's God's will. Hey, how do you shake him off? Hey, you got to get up and say, hey, devil, I want to let you know I still got my praise. I still got my worship. And I'm going to dance you off back into the fire. You can't have my peace. You can't have my joy. But God is for me. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. That's to appoint unto them that mourn and die, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Oh, God understood that the, that the pressures of life and the pressures of Satan would be like a heavy spirit, a spirit of heaviness that would try to smother us out. It would try to weigh heavy upon our chest. But Jesus said, he's the one that fulfilled Isaiah chapter 61. And he said, hey, I want to let you know I'm coming to swap out your garment. I'm coming to give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want to let somebody know here tonight it doesn't matter what kind of snake. It doesn't matter what kind of devil you're fighting. It doesn't matter what's coming against your home. Hey, God said, I'm able to give you a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Hey, you've been pressed down long enough. You've been beat down long enough. It's time to let the devil know my God is here with a garment to replace the spirit of heaviness. My God 
God is here with a change of clothes. I don't have to live this way anymore. I don't have to be depressed anymore. I don't have to struggle like this. But I can break through in the name of Jesus. Satan thought he could stop Paul with a storm. And when that didn't work, he thought he could stop him with a snake bite. And when that didn't work, God is there moving. And God is working. In the storm, there was God. During the snake bite, there was God. During the confusion, there was God. During the chaos, there was a Savior. Oh, and this man named Paul, he had already made up his mind. I'm following Jesus. It doesn't matter where he leads me. It doesn't matter where he takes me. It doesn't matter what he wants me to do. I believe in him, and I'll follow him wherever life may take me. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. Uh, they shall take up serpents. Uh, and if they drink any deadly thing, uh, it shall not hurt them. Uh, they shall lay hands on the sick uh, and they shall recover. Uh, now Paul wasn't there tempting the Lord. Uh, he didn't try to reach down and handle that snake. Uh, but that snake reached out uh, to try to destroy him uh, and to try to stop him from doing the work uh, that God had called him to do. Uh, and can I tell you, we fight an adversary uh, that lashes out at us. Why? Uh, because he does not want to see the the plan of God fulfilled in our lives. And he says, if I attack them enough, maybe I can cripple them. If I latch on to them long enough, maybe I can drag them down. But by the power of God, God is able to keep you. And God is able to move in your life. Hey, that serpent can't harm you. The adversary cannot defeat you. But you have power when you believe. Paul was a child of God. And Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. I still believe we serve a God that's stronger than any demonic force of hell. I still believe that we serve a God that when we call on his name, there is no power of darkness. There is no, no demonic, no demon that can stop you from getting to the feet of Jesus. Hey, there is no bondage so thick and so bad that it can keep a sinner from running to the altar and repenting of their sins. Hey, can I tell you, what, what, what is it going to take? It's going to take somebody believing hey there's some things to begin to happen when I begin to believe that Jesus is who he says he is hey I can cast out devils in his name I can stand in my home and I can plead the blood of Jesus over my children and over my family I can plead the blood over my wife I can plead the blood over those that I love I can let the adversary know hey I can cast you out of my home in the name of Jesus the storm looked like failure the snake bite looked like failure and people began to point their fingers they began to say hey 
Vengeance tried to kill him in the sea, but it didn't accomplish it there. So now the snake has bit him. And I, Brother Moore, I, I thought in my mind, what kind of snake could that have been? That it was so deadly that the natives of that island, they knew. They was watching him, just waiting at any moment for him to fall over dead. And then it's as if when they didn't see him fall over dead, they're waiting for him to at least swell up. He didn't swell up. And then they begin to change their opinion about Paul. First they said this man must be a murderer. And the vengeance is going to take care of him. But now they begin to say he must be some kind of a god or something. What's going on in this man's life? It's such a venomous snake could latch on to him. And he could shake it off in the fire. And he's still gathering wood. And he's still building a fire. Can I tell you, Satan wants to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Hey, there's some people sitting under the sound of my voice tonight. You might not be exactly where you need to be. But at least you have started picking up some wood. And you're trying to build a fire and you're trying to get some power of God in your life can I tell you something don't quit building the fire don't quit carrying the wood don't quit putting it on the fire hey keep building it up and let the devil know you tried to kill me but I'm still here you tried to stop me but I'm still here and while I'm here I'm gonna build a fire I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost burning on the inside of me that will forever change my life. You lift your hands right now. Lord, Lord, this sanctuary. The storm and the snake bite. It looked like failure. But God was involved in all of it. And when God is involved, God is working it. God is working it in his favor, in your favor, in my favor. God said, you know what? I know, I know the enemy is trying to destroy you, but let me use this storm as a means to get you where I want you to be. I know the enemy blew up this storm thinking to stop you from fulfilling my will in your life. Oh, but let me just go ahead and make the best out of this situation for you. Let me navigate you where I want you to be. In Romans 8 and 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for the good, for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Come on, has anybody ever heard the Lord? Maybe not audibly, but down on the inside, you hear Him calling your name. And you know God is pulling on me. And God is dealing with me. And God is trying to shake me and let me know that Satan cannot and does not have to win over my life. But I can be victorious. In the mighty name of Jesus, I can put the serpent, I can put the devil under my feet, I can have dominion and authority, I can have the Spirit of God living on the inside of me, and whatever he tries to do to me, whatever Satan tries to do against me, God said I can work all things, not just some things, not just a few things, but God said I can take everything bad in your life, and I can work it for your good. I can take every situation that looks like it's going to snuff you out and I can turn it in your favor and work it for your good. I've called you and I've got a purpose for your life.
Satan meant it for evil. But God worked it for good. Can I tell you tonight, God has your best interest in mind. With hell trying to destroy, God said, I'm going to cause you to live like you've never lived before. With hell trying to defeat, God said, I want you to taste victory so sweet that it's going to blow your mind. One more time, could you lift your hands right now all across this sanctuary? Come on, would you begin to talk to Jesus right now all across this house? God said, I, I know what the enemy's trying to do, but I'm I'm gonna turn it around and I'm gonna work it in your favor. And Acts chapter 28, verse 7 says, In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius. Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when, so when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. God took two bad situations and turns them around. God took the storm and God took the attack of the snake, the snake bite, and God turned it around and God turned it into something that looked like it could only end in failure and God caused it to be a great success not only in Paul's life but in the kingdom of God and can I tell you God can take it doesn't matter how bad it looks maybe it's three bad situations maybe it's one bad situation after another it really doesn't matter how many it is all that matters is that God can take those bad situations and he can turn them out not only for your good but for the good of the kingdom of God and God can cause you to realize hey maybe I never planned on being here maybe this is not where I thought I was going to end up but since I'm here I might as well let God use me since I'm on this island I might as well let the Holy Ghost move and work in my life since I'm already here I might as well pray the prayer of faith and watch God move in my home and in my family since I'm already already here. I might as well just let God use me for His glory. Oh, when the devil was trying to close the curtains on Paul's life, God was opening up doors. 
When the devil said, I'm about to end it all for you, Paul. God said, no, 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 no. I'm not finished moving in Paul's life yet. But I'm going to open up some new doors. And can I tell you, when Satan is doing his best to destroy your spirit and to drag you down, God is saying, hey, I'm not going to let it be snuffed out. I'm not going to let it be taken away. But I'm going to open up a door in your life that no man can shut. I'm going to open up doors in your life that the adversary cannot even stop you. Paul said there's an door, an effectual door open for me, but there are many adversaries, and there are many adversaries. Can I tell you, it does not matter how many adversaries try to stop you. When God opens a door, he allows you, he gives you authority to walk through that door and let that adversary know God's got his hand on my life. I know it might not look pretty, but God's using me. God's working in my life. My wife would make her way to the music. There may be adversaries, but God is still setting open doors in front of you and in front of me. Satan says, it's about to be lights out. But God says, I'm just getting ready to turn the lights on. I'm just getting ready to do something great, something marvelous, something wonderful in your life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Jesus said, I know you may be weary, but you still got a little strength left. And you know my word is truth. He says, you've kept it. You've not denied my name. You know that there's power in the name of Jesus. He says, and I'm opening a door that no man can shut. Storms, snakes, God said, I'm going to give you success. I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to give you deliverance. I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. I'm going to give you power. All these signs shall follow them that believe. My name is shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Oh, God. Is there anybody that feels like God? I don't understand the storm that I've been through. I don't understand the attacks that I've faced. But God, I'm still here. You still got your hand on my life somehow, some way. And God, I pray that you would manifest yourself in me. I pray that you would show yourself alive on the inside of me. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Paul, be of good cheer. I know you haven't seen the sun. I know you haven't seen stars or moon. Everybody's done everything within their human power possible to try to save the ship and try to save themselves. But I work best when it seems like all hope is lost. 
Now that you've given up trying to do it on your own, now I want to give you a word. It says, be of good cheer. I've got my hand in this. And I'm taking you right where I want you to be. I've got an island that I want you to land on. It's not on the itinerary. It's not on the list of sights to stop and see. If I left it up to you, Paul, they would just go right on by it. Never give it a second glance. But I want you there. I can use a bad situation. put my glory in your life to put my hand on you I wonder would you begin to talk to the Lord right now all across this sanctuary come on would you begin to pray right now all across this house the hand of God is reaching the hand of God is dealing in this house God help us. God help us. Pastor Moore was talking about it earlier. How art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That same man that he told that he also told him Simon, Simon Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. It's going to look like it's all over, Peter. But when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. I wonder what would happen in this house if somebody made up their mind. I'm not going to let the storm in my life be in vain. I'm not going to let the heartache and the loss and the grief and the suffering be in vain, but I'm going to let it drive me to an altar. I'm going to let it drive me to my knees, and I'm going to let it drive me to a place where I make up my mind, God, if you want me on the island of Melita, then that's where I'm going to be. If you got a work for me to do here, God, then I believe that you can do it in my life. Hey, God, maybe there's somebody here that when they see the work that you're doing, it in me. Maybe it'll open their eyes uh, to your goodness and to your power and to your glory. Uh, come on, would you come pray? Uh, come on, would you come pray right now? Uh, come on, would you come let God know God, I mean business tonight. Uh, this isn't a game to me. Uh, hey, uh, this isn't a going through the motions type of thing tonight. Uh, oh, but the storms of life uh, have got you to where you are right now. Uh, don't let them go to waste. Uh, don't throw them away. Uh, don't let them be just uh, in vain uh, or void. Uh, oh, but but let them be put to good use in your life. Say, God, mold me and shake me into the vessel that you want me to be. Give me power to shake the serpent off. Give me power, oh God, to make it. Come on. Come on, some of you been fighting for your life. Some of you been wondering when's it ever going to end? When's it ever going to get any better? 
Just keep holding on. Be of good cheer. God's got your best interest in mind. God hasn't forgot about you in the darkness, but he can see in the dark. He can see in the night. He can see to move and to work in your life. Hey, Micah said, but it's not against me. Oh, my enemy. Oh, for when I fall, I shall arise. And a lot of times we stop there. But he goes on to say, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When Peter was sitting in that jail cell, all of a sudden out of nowhere came forth a light that came and the angel of the Lord knocked him around a little bit and shook him around and made him get up and said put on your shoes this is not where you're staying this is not where you're going to live for the rest of your life this is not the end of your story follow me and I'll bring you out of this follow me and I'll take you into freedom into liberty into the joy of the Lord Come on, lift your voice all across this sanctuary. Come on, I got more I could preach, but the Holy Ghost is working in this house right now. I pray, I pray that you would respond. I pray that tonight you would make up your mind. The storm, God's in the storm. The adversary trying to paralyze me, God. I can work against that. The enemy trying to suffocate me, trying to drain all the energy out of me, God. God can bring deliverance and victory in my life.